Thank you for listening to today's message. Avenue Church is a Christian church located in Las Vegas. For more information, visit avenuechurch.cc. Enjoy the message. It's a 90s series. How many enjoy the series? I love the 90s, like the 90s, right? So the 90s have been a blast with Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Urkel, all them guys. And what we've done every week is we've highlighted people from our church, people from the A-team that serve, people that attend, as you send me your photos, all right? I don't know if you're afraid to do that, but go ahead, send me your 90s photos. And so here's the first one, the small family, Joe and Gracia and their beautiful children. Give it up for the smalls, isn't that like... That's like, that's like, like, it's totally like hashtag relationship goals, right? And so here's Joe Small. Here's his 90s photo. Ready? Here's Joe's 90s photo. Boom. How many like that? I like the white beater in tennis, right? Come on, somebody. See the blonde tips? Y'all see the blonde tips? And go to that next slide with, uh, go to the next slide real quick. What I thought it would look like, what it actually looked like. Come on. <laughs> Joe left our church last service, but we love Joe. Joe, we love you. 90s were tough, folks, but how about Gracia? Here's Gracia's picture, his wife. There it is. Look at that. Oh, I can't make fun of that. Look at that. And if you ever see Gracia, that is her personality right there. She's fun. Uh, that's such a great family. And so that was their 90s photo. How about Henry and Denise? A few weeks ago, we got to see Henry's 90s photo. I loved it, man. He was up against the lockers like, I'll kill you, right? And so here's Denise. Henry's on the, over our sound today. And Denise, she's over our coffee bar. Look at that. Aww. That's beautiful. All right, go to the next one. Alicia. I know Alicia's in this service. Alicia sent me hers. And, and so here's Alicia. She serves on her A-team. She's incredible. Here's her 90s photo. Check it out. Oh, I love that. Alicia, you got to hold, hold the phone a little bit better than that. But I love that 90s photo. I love it. How about this one? Mark and Ambrosia. Are you guys here in the service? Mark and Ambrosia. Mark did the rap video for us. And here's Mark and Ambrosia. Check this out. They're 90s photo. They knew each other a long time. <laughs> I love those glasses, huh? Say cheese. Where? Where? There's Mark and Ambrosia. And uh, I love that. How many know Pastor Monica, right? Pastor Monica. Fuego. I love that. So Pastor Monica, we've known her for years, all right? Hold on. Don't trick her finger yet, all right? We've known Pastor Monica for years. She's been in my wife and our lives for like over 10 years, and it's been incredible. And so she sent us her 80s picture last year during mixtape. And so this year, she sent me her 90s photo. Great improvement. Check this out. Look at her 90s photo, right? <laughs> How you doing, right? Like an ad for her, like, I'm looking for a single white guy. Come on, somebody. And as I was looking at this photo, I was like, Monica, this looks so familiar. Where have I seen this from? I knew. So we Photoshopped it and really helped us put it in perspective. Go to the next one. There it is. That's where. <laughs> I knew I saw you from somewhere. And so take that up. I love that. How about in the 90s? How many grew up in the 90s? 90s babies? I got to hurry, man. 90s babies. Hey, uh, one of our favorite things in the 90s was going on a computer game. So how about that computer game? I don't know if you guys remember this. It's the good old, how many remember the Oregon Trail? The Oregon Trail. Praise your if you know the Oregon Trail. Right here. This just brought you back, right? Traveled the trail. Um, here's what I love about the Oregon Trail. It taught you, how, uh, it taught you about life. Right, you would start on the East Coast, and by the time you got to the West Coast, you had a different wife, different family, different wagon, everything was different. 
I don't, how many of that big old floppy? Like, that was the floppy. Children, late people. That is not, I don't know what, like, that, that's like the size of an eight and a half by 11, all right? It was like, right? You put the game in. Oh, Oregon Trail. Awesome. All right. And so you put that thing in there. And here's what I loved about the Oregon Trail. It taught us about life. And so go to this next slide. If you're ever playing Oregon Trail, Nicole has this century, right? And you're like, oh, Nicole's dead. <laughs> And I looked that up, too. How many know what that means? I did not know what that means. I looked it up online. It means explosive diarrhea until you die. So we're learning a lot in elementary school, right? Oh, poor Nicole. Okay, here's what I love about the 90s as well. How many, you know, a lot of us, we exercise now and we get physically fit. How about, how many of you skip it as your exercise tool in the 90s? How many remember that? Raise your hand if you've been hurt by Skip It, right? Skip It has hurt you. Like, wama! You want to come skip it with me? <laughs> I hate it, Skip It, all right? How about this next one? I love 90s love songs. It's on my Facebook page. People are pouring in the love songs. It was amazing, and I couldn't play none of them in church. But I can play this one. Check out this love song. You ready? Take it with me. my baby. It's my wife. All right, shut up. Whitney, come on. How many remember the bodyguard, right? Oh, Costner. What did she see in Costner? I don't know. I love Whitney. She's like, and I. You're like, Whitney, hurry up. We got to get this song going. How about another song? This is for a lot of ladies in this song. Go to that next one. Are you ready for this one? How many remember that song? Remember that one? Yeah. All right. Turn it off. Turn it off. So people, you just went, in, you, you just went back, didn't you? Oh, Jesus. Forgive me, Lord. Right? But here's one of the, uh, probably one of the best songs in the 90s for many of us 90s kids. Raise your hand if you watch Disney. Disney. Right? And so I'm not going to sing this one because your pastor is hard of hearing, tone deaf, and everything in between. And so we have an amazing worship team. They're going to sing a spiritual song. All right? You ready for a spiritual song? Go ahead, worship team. Take it away. Shooting star, I've come so far, I can't. 
Worship team. I just, I just someday. <laughs> if you're a first time guest, that's it. That's all we have for today. We're so glad you're here. And uh, man, how many remember that song, right? Jasmine was like, it's a whole new world. Enjoy checking account. No. How many know it's the same world? It's the same place. It's over in a series called Remix. And the reason why we're going back to the 90s is because that styles come around. How many know this sweatshirt? I bought it in a retail store, all right? Walked in, it's a 90s, 90s, 80s, right? And styles are coming around. The problem is many of us have changed in many areas except in our relationships. Except in our relationships. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11 says, When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I grew up, when I became a man or when I became a woman, I put the ways of childhood behind me. And many of us, we have not done that in our relationships. And this is not to our fault. It's from what we've been exposed to, what we've seen, what we've watched. That you certainly cannot carry childhood notions of love into adulthood. If you all certainly will not live a happily ever after. Because the problem is, is what we idolize when we're young will demonize over time. I never got that. I never received that. It wasn't picture perfect. It wasn't a magic carpet ride. I'm preaching good already today. Come on. And so here's the definition of remix. Remix is a variant of an original recording as of a song made by rearranging or adding to the original. Say original. So many times we say, Pastor, I need you to remix my spouse. I need you to remix my husband. He's crazy, right? I need you to remix my wife. I need you to remix my relationships. And God is saying that in order to remix your relationship, you first have to be remixed. That your only relationships will only be as healthy as you are. And so that's what we're on a journey right now. We've been, we've been in three weeks. Now we're going to go six, uh, six total weeks as a church. Because this series is help you, it's built, this series is to help you build a better you so that you're equipped to build better relationships. So a little disclaimer, if you're uh, a little one in this place, I encourage you. We're going to say some words today. And I'm never crude or vulgar. I won't say anything out of line or something you say, I wish my kid didn't hear that today. But we do have a great experience for our children called Avenue Kids. We have First or fifth, they're expanding. They had to grow into three classrooms instead of two. And we have all kinds of great programs. So can we give it up for Avenue Kids? I just love it. So I encourage you. You can go ahead and leave now. Check them in. Come right back as quick as you can. But I need to recap what we learned a little bit last week. Last week, we brought out my love triangle. And in the love triangle, many times we say, you know what? I really enjoy relationships. I, I, you know, I, and I've heard this many times before. We say, Pastor, I met somebody. He's great or she's wonderful and they make me feel awesome. They make me feel like it's the one. And so what we do a lot of times is we say, you know what? This is physical. That's the, that's the heart face, right? Woo, woo, I'm in love. I just feel like this is the person I can't help but falling in love. So I'm going to give them everything. My body, my time, all that. And then after we do that, then we say, you know what? I think it is pretty serious. I think this is something I can get my heart to. This is something that I think I really am in love. And what happens is this, became, this becomes a bad 
foundation. I always like to use this block. This block here means there's no room for nobody else, not even God, not even mentors or pastors or people in a group to speak into your life. It's all about you. And this is what we all fall into this. Trust me. And here's a lot of times we say this is emotional. This is the, uh, the physical and the emotional. And it feels good, then it must be good. And what, many times we say the right person equals a good feeling. But when that good feeling goes away, we say, it's not you, it's, it's, it's not you, it's me, because you don't make me feel good anymore. But how many know to fall in love takes a pulse, but to stay in love takes a plan? And so here's what I want us to do during this uh, remix series is that we say, you know what, whether your marriage is on the rocks, maybe you're on the verge of divorce, maybe you're dating somebody right now and it's just not working out, here's my encouragement to you today, just hit pause. Just hit pause. Don't divorce. Don't walk out. Don't separate. But say, you know what? We're going to pause in this series. We're just going to hit pause. And we're going to say, God, I want this now to be the spiritual foundation. I've done it wrong all along. We didn't do it right. I spoke to a lot of people in this series. And here's what's great. Last year, we had this triangle out. We had three couples that were in this service uh, uh, during the series last year. Now, this year, I officiated and performed their weddings. Why? Because they had that. And they said, God, give me this. They started over. They remixed themselves, and then God remixed their relationships. So we're going to start out in the spiritual. Then after we go to church and get into God's Word and pray and develop a relationship with Christ, and we begin to know who we are in Christ Jesus, then we can have the social. And in the social, that is, you know what? We can go out. We can, we can meet new people. We can have relationships now. And this is simply, maybe you're single. Get right with God. Get to know who God is. Know God so you can find freedom, discover your purpose, make a difference. Then get into a group. Then get involved with other people. Begin to know what you like. Begin to just do life with others. Sometimes we make such pressure simply to be just friends. And God is saying, let's be healthy. Because once you get to know, uh, once you hang around people, then you begin to know people. And the interpersonal stage is for many of us. Sometimes we get the emotional and the physical. And then we go, oh no, they do what? They do that? Like that's strange. Like they laugh that way? They pull from the toothpaste on the opposite end? No, right? And you get to find out they're kind of weird, right? I like that kind of weird, but they're kind of weird. And what you get to do is you begin to learn about that person. Begin to learn about their hopes, their dreams, God's plans for their life. What has God called you to do? What's in your heart? Can we do it together? Can I compliment what God is going to do in your life? And so there's the spiritual, there's the hanging out, then there is the interpersonal, but then we get emotional. Then we decide, you know what? I'm, I'm falling in love with this person. You know what? I think this person's the one that God has for my life. Remember, emotional is not physical. But emotional is saying, I think I can give this person my heart. I think I can trust this person. Why? Because I have a relationship with Jesus Christ. God is my foundation. Therefore, as I go through these different stages, then I can have an emotional, healthy relationship. Then, then I can get married. If I were to put a marriage certificate in, I'd slip it right here. And go, you know what? Until death do we part. Until you kill me, girl. Until richer or kind of rich. I mean, poorer. And done this way, sex becomes a healthy thing. Sex becomes a good thing. And many times we grew up, whether it's the 90s or 2000s or even this year, we grow up having a false perception of love because we have the wrong expectations of love. 
This is why I'm expecting. If I can find the right one, I'll be complete. And God's saying, no, no, no. You need to find the right relationship with Jesus Christ. So watch the message last week where I break this down. Because if you're, if you're married in this place, you cannot allow your spouse to feel the emotional until God has filled the spiritual. If you're single in this place, do not allow, please don't skip, excuse me, don't skip the social before you get to the emotional. And sometimes this is a hard pace to go at. Like, woohoo, I know they look good. Woohoo, I know. But let's be able to take it at God's pace for your life. And so we often hear the scripture at a wedding. I love weddings. I love officiating weddings. I love all the, every aspect of a wedding. And here's the scripture I'll read at a wedding. And this is what I love. This is what love is. First Corinthians chapter 13. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrong. Sometimes a pastor during the wedding keeps no record of wrong. But I look back now. This is a great example of what love really is. That it, it does not delight in evil, but rejoices in truth. It always protects it always trusts. It always perseveres. Love never fails. So here's the disclaimers I teach today in the next 10, 15 minutes is to keep your elbows to yourself, all right? If you're married, keep those elbows to yourself because I know it's going to be like, ah, you hear the preacher? Also, if you're in this place and you're thinking about, man, this message would be so good for somebody else. I'm here to tell you, ignore that person. Let God use them through the podcast or YouTube channel. But this message is for all of us today. Say, God, what is love? What is love? Love, number one, is patient. I encourage you, take notes. Get on Facebook. You don't have to Facebook down here. You can Facebook right here. Use check-in at Avenue Church. Use that as your notes. You version the app. But I'm going to rock and roll today because I really believe many of us, we need to hear this, that love, number one, is patient. Now, patient is, that is a decision to move at someone else's pace. I used to think, I used to tell people all the time, I'm waiting for the one. How many know what I'm talking about, right? I'm waiting for God's best for my life. If I waited for my wife my entire life, then we got married, and guess what? I'm still waiting, right? Is your hair okay? Is your dress okay? Can we please go? We're going to be late. How many know what I'm talking about? Man, do not raise your hand. Keep your elbows in. Keep your elbows in. But here's what love is. That's not patience, but love is patient. Patient means you're going at the pace of someone else rather than the pressure him or her to match your pace. I want you to understand it's the pace of which a person makes a decision. It's the pace of a conversation. It's the pace of your journey together as a dating couple, as a married couple. See, patience is a decision to pause rather than to push. Love is patient. Love will not pressure or manipulate. Love will never, never love, and listen, if you're single here, you're dating relationship, love will never say, if you love me, blank. If you love me, blank. No, because love is patient. Love says, if I'm moving too fast, I will slow down and I'll move at your pace. And if you're single here in this place and you're immediately thinking, oh, slow down the physical, then I'm here to tell you, you need to remix your mind. It's slowing down and doing life together. That you're not ready for a relationship. You see, the opposite of patience. See, patience is a decision. I decide today to be patient with you. But, but impatient is a feeling. I don't feel like waiting. I don't feel like this is right. I, I feel like we should be moving a lot faster. If you love me, I feel like. 
We have to understand that love is patient. That we cannot allow our emotions to determine the pace of the relationship. So love is patient. That husbands and wives, listen to me, love puts the other person first. It puts the other person first. Love moves at the pace of a decision, not an emotion. So therefore, we cannot say, today I, I do not feel loving. Today I choose to love. It is a decision that I'm making today. It's not based on criteria. It's not based on manipulation. It's based on a decision to love you until death do we part, until you wake up and you're, you're dead in your sleep someday. No, until death. Do your part, but love is kind, number two. Now listen to me, kindness is not weak, it's not soft. Kindness is not weak, it's not soft. But listen to me, to be kind is to leverage one strength on the behalf of another. See, love is kind is saying, I'll help in the areas of your weakness instead of complaining, I will compliment. You see, on Monday mornings, after a great Sunday or a terrible Sunday, on Monday morning, I'll wake up and I'll say, babe, let's have coffee. We'll do our devotions. And then after that, I'm like, let's talk. Let's, let's be creative. Let's talk. And my wife is very like, no, I have a to-do list. We got stuff done to do. <laughs> we got stuff done. She's like, come on, morning's wasting. Let's go. We got a to-do list. And we used to get frustrated with one another because I'm the guy that's like, let's brainstorm, let's bring people in because I'm an extrovert. She's very much, hey, we got stuff to do today, so let's do the stuff so we got fun later. And so we used to work away from each other and we used to get frustrated until she began to realize, you know what? We're going to not just compromise, but we're going to compliment one another. Now she begins to help me. What do you want to do today? Anything, you know what I mean? Like, it's gonna be amazing. And now she helps me in that because love is unconditional. Yep. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is a decision to do for others what they cannot in that moment do for themselves. I call that love right there. That's what love is. It is love's response to weakness. Listen to me. Unkindness kills romance. When you're unkind, good luck. When you're unkind, you're not going to be happy. When you're unkind, it's not going to compliment. It's going to destroy I mean, if you're in a dating relationship right now and you're with somebody and he or she, they're just wonderful and they're amazing and, and you go to dinner, I want you to observe how they treat a waiter or waitress when they mess up their order. Do they explode and get angry? Because that's the same person you're going to marry. Marriage doesn't fix. Marriage magnifies. Oh, I'm in your inbox this morning. I'm reading your mail. Because we have to understand, love is patient all the time. Love is kind all the time. Love does not envy. Number three, it does not boast. It is not proud. If I were to put all this together, that comes as a same expression as insecurity. Love is not insecure. Love is not insecure. True love is not insecure. And I'm encouraging you today, if you struggle with insecurity, you're not ready for a relationship. Because in our insecurity, we're waiting for someone to fulfill us. Uh, you complete me. He's like, shut up. You had me a hello, right? But we have to be careful with our insecurity. That if you struggle with insecurity, you're just simply not ready for a relationship. If you're married and you're insecure, I say, pause. Let's start here. Get your identity in Christ Jesus. Begin to know what God says about your life. God says you're his masterpiece in Jesus' name. But I want to encourage you, if you're single, someone will identify with your insecurity and they'll either try to rescue you, which is not healthy, or they'll try to take advantage of you. They'll be afraid to lose you. They're thinking you might cheat or feel inferior to your success. And that's all simply a toxic relationship. 
If you only find fault in your spouse, then you're insecure. Because we, we, we might say, because I don't feel good about me, I will allow you to feel good about yourself. And that's a toxic relationship. That love is, love does not envy, love does not boast, love is not proud. So I'm going to ask you today, do you celebrate or do you criticize? Do you add to the relationship or do you take away? Do you subtract? Number four, love is not easily angered. Love is not easily angered. I got to tell you, studying this week, man, it was just boom, boom. I'm crying in tears writing this message. But love is not easily angered. Have you ever said he or she pushes my buttons, right? They just, ah, don't put your hand up, all right? They, they get me upset. They get me angry. I found this meme on the internet this week. Here's uh, the Flintstones, right? When you're trying to be mad at your husband, but you know in his own weird way he's a good man and you're a little crazy sometimes. How many know what I'm talking about? Amen. Just a little crazy sometimes. <laughs> but many times we'll say that person, they just they, they push my buttons. And I'm here to share with you today in a pastoral loving way, they're your buttons. Yeah, they're your buttons. They push my buttons, then why are there buttons? Men like to push buttons. Women like to push buttons. But I'm here to encourage you that love doesn't get stirred up, doesn't get wound up, it doesn't get set off or ticked off. Love doesn't have a short fuse. Love is patient. Love is kind. Therefore, it is not easily angered. Listen to me. Love doesn't react. Love responds. Love is not easily angered. And the last one is love keeps no record of wrong. And this is big. This is big. Love does not take into account the wrong suffered. But listen to me. Most record keepers rarely keep track of their own mistakes. But here's the problem. Here's the problem. For the challenge of record keepers is that you're right. Is that you're right. You're not wrong about the wrong, but it is wrong to hold the past over their head. You know, my son and I, my son, he's seven years old. Well, um, most evenings, he's like, Mom, make dinner. We go upstairs. Dad, let's, let's have a Nerf war. And so we'll get our Nerf guns together. How many I'm talking about? And he'll give me, he's a cheater, all right? He'll give me a, a Nerf gun with three little bullet holes. Thank you, son. And he takes the big one, like a round of like 50, right? Okay, Dad, I'm ready. I'm like, I have three bullets. So I'm hiding out and, and I'm, I'm, I'm conserving my ammo. And so he'll go, ready, set, go. And he'll come out and just blast me, like, all the bullets come shooting out of an automatic Nerf gun. How many of them were kids? We had like water. Like, I'm going to get you wet, right? And so you blast me with all these guns, and I use one bullet, maybe two. But what I'm doing is as he's shooting ammunition at me, I'm picking them up, right? As he's making it rain, I'm like, pick up the money, right? I need these things. And then when he's all out, he goes, Dad, I'm out. Time out, Dad. I go, oh, no, son. Life ain't fair. There ain't no timeouts in life. I got all the bullets in my pockets, right? I'm just loading them up. Bah, 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 bah. Right? Come on, somebody. I let him have it as a good, good father. <laughs> but many times we do that in our relationships. I'm just going to put that ammo in my pocket for a better day. Oh, you did this? I'm going to put that in my pocket because I need to win the next battle we have. I need to win the next argument we have because I keep record of wrong so I can be right. But the problem with record keepers is that you are right. But listen to me. A person can be exactly right and end up exactly alone. Keep doubles in place. (laughs) Love chooses to see the best while overlooking the rest. Did you see all these aspects of love or decisions? 
I choose today not to keep record of wrong. I choose today not to be easily angered. I choose today to be patient, to be kind. I choose today not to be insecure in this relationship. But also, sex is not love. Sex is not love. In fact, nothing says I love you more than waiting until marriage. So instead of sex being free, sex becomes a gift. Sex becomes a gift. Now help me out here. I want to say this statement because some guys are like, sex is love. Love is sex. Come on, pastor. Right? But let me say this next statement, that God wants you to have great sex. Amen. I got to say that again because I got one amen. I mean, I, I should have had, we should have had revival, right? But let me tell that again. I know we're in church and some, the deuce just woke up, huh? What? Let me tell that again. God wants, come on, stop. God wants us to have great sex. But the problem is, the world's distorted. What the heck is that? The problem is, the world, they're excited too. But the problem is, the world's distorted it. I want you to understand that we should be more excited about it because God invented it. The devil didn't. The devil has a copyright infringement of what God created. The sex is for us. That God created it. The problem, is, the problem isn't sex or having a sex drive. The problem is when we love the sex drive. That becomes a problem. We give in to every emotional impulse. I'm here to tell you, God really wants you to have great sex. If you're married in this place, he wants you to procreate and to recreation. Come on, somebody, right? I said that wrong. That's okay. But I want to write this down. Three points, three lies about sex as I come to a close today. Three lies about sex. Because this is what culture tells us about sex. And today I want to have a healthy conversation that you can have with your kids. A healthy conversation that, that we need to put in our spirits today. I want to help you take an awkward talk to an honest and healthy conversation. So number one, I want you to write this down. Sex is just a physical activity. How many know that is a lie in Jesus' name? But many times through the movies, through the entertainment, through people, people around us, we begin to realize that sex is not just a physical activity, but we're taught it's just biological. Here's what the Bible says about sex. Sex involves you on the deepest level. So here's what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 20. It says, there's more to sex than mere skin on skin. This is in God's word. Sex is so much a spiritual mystery as a physical fact. As it is written in scripture, two become one. So listen to me, the danger of sexuality is not just your body, but the danger is who you're becoming one with. That's the danger. That physical activity involves your heart. It involves your soul. It involves your mind. A few weeks from now, I'm going to talk about soul ties. How do we get rid of those? How do we break those off? But when we have something that's physical, it's doing something to us on the inside. It's hurting us. It's distorting us. Because instant gratification often brings a lack of relationship. When we start here instead of there, the sex is not just physical. I've realized that today in this world, with all the different resources, with all the different access, that we are still lonely as ever. 
And this is what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 16. It says, since we, want, since we want to become spiritually one with the master, we must not pursue the kind of sex that avoids commitment and intimacy, leaving us more lonely than ever. That kind of sex can never become one. Listen to me. It's not what we want. We're not pushing things on you today, but we want something healthy for your life. That God's saying to become one flesh. But here's lie number two. Lie number two is I can do what I want and still have what God wants. I can do all this. It's okay. God's going to forgive me. I'm going to still have all that I have for all that, all that God has for my life. I don't know if you've ever heard this where many people have told me over the years, Pastor, uh, you just don't understand. Like, like when, you, when you go to college, you just get it out of your system. Pastor, you don't understand. When, when they turn 21, they just get it out of their system. And I'm here to show you what it looks like when two become one. Some of you woke up because you're like, ooh, it's a cart. I'm so excited that they have a cart. But I want you to understand, here's what two becomes one flesh looks like here at Avenue Church. And I might be doing something back here that I'm not supposed to be doing. But here's what I love about a ceremony. Have you ever seen this at a wedding? Where we say, hey, today we're gathered together. Two are now going to become one. And, and so there's a lovely young person in this place. And uh, I got to look at my cart. My cart is all kinds of messy here today. But don't worry. I'm coming in because I found her. She was hiding. All right? And so here's a lovely young lady. And, and she's looking for somebody and, and just looking around. And finally, she sets eyes on that person. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. Like googly eyes. Like, hey, how are you? And she say, you know what? I think this person's amazing. This person makes me feel good. I think this person's for me. And you know what? I'm going to start with the physical. It's okay. It's just physical, pastors. It's, it's nothing. We're not going to get pregnant. It's, it's, it's going to be okay. And what happens then? You say, you know what? I'm going to decide to give myself a little and allow that person into my life. Because the Bible really does say to become one flesh. And then what happens is everything's going well. Maybe you get to interpersonal and you're like, this person's crazy. I don't think I, I want to spend the rest of my life with person. We're like, stop it. We're done. We're, it's, 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 it's me. It's not you. So goodbye. See you later. That was great. I was trying to give these guys names. My wife said, no names. And so maybe you got that blue guy. He was great. And you're like, you know what? I just, I, I don't know how to be alone. I don't know how to have a relationship. And so, you know, what? I'm going to find somebody else. And man, purple's the stuff. Come on, somebody. I love purple. Blue is okay, but purple's just amazing. Purple just really makes me feel special, makes me feel who I am. So you know what? I'm going to give in the purple. I'm going to get in a relationship with purple, and that's fine. I'm getting it all out of my system. You know what I've learned about getting things out of your system is that you're not really getting it out of your system. You're putting it in your system. You're putting it in your system. And you might say, Pastor, you're being legalistic. You're being religious. I'm saying, no, I'm being biblical. Because there's things you're becoming one with. And now two become three, not one. And we say, you know what, purple, it was okay, purple. I mean, we have fun purple, but purple, it's just not going to work out. I think, uh, you know, it's just, you know, you're not doing it for me. And, and so maybe it's not necessarily, and maybe you, <laughs> I like this color. Maybe you find somebody who's just a bad boy, right? I'm talking about they drive a motorcycle, they're crazy. No, or maybe it's an addiction in your life, but maybe it's something that you're replacing with relationship and you're saying, forget it. I don't know if I ever find true love. And so I'll just allow anything into my system. What happens is as we begin to become one with many, we begin to realize how hurt we really are. We begin to realize how much 
if really our past tends to show up in our future. I'm here to tell you, this is why we have Steps to the Avenue Church. This is why we want people to know God, to find freedom, to discover purpose, to make a difference. Because I'm here to tell you that God, not only does he want to forgive you, but he wants to bless you. He doesn't want to say, I forgive you, and then keep going back. God say, I want to bless you. I want to use you for my praise and my glory. I'm here to tell you, God will always forgive you. God wants you to live your best life now. He wants to use you and place a purpose on you. He wants you to serve the local church, raise godly children, get married, leave a legacy instead of struggling with sexual intimacy. God wants the best for your life. Because here's slide number three. I've already messed up. Pastor, there's no hope for me. I'm alone by myself. Pastor, I'm completely messed up. And I'm here to tell you, this is what the Bible says, that for we are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus. Leave that up because I want you to read this over and over today as I close. God wants you to bring you to a place where you're not defined or labeled by your dysfunction, but by your deliverance. Maybe you're here today and you say, this is how people see me. And God's saying, I don't see you this way. Because here's what happens when we give our lives to Jesus Christ. When we say, today's the day where I take a step, this is what happens. God says, come on, I've created you anew in Christ Jesus. Jesus, so we can do good things that God planned for us long ago. I put the debt that in your life. Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ. It is not I that lives, but Christ in me. And you know what God does? God says, I'm going to pour out blessings into your life. I'm going to purify you. I got a plan for your life. I'm going to use you for my praise and my glory. He's 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Therefore, if anyone's in Christ, you're a new creation. You know what this becomes? A testimony. You're saying, don't you dare do what I did. But you know what God did? He set me free. He purified me. He gave me hope and a future. And that is my prayer for you today that your best days are ahead of you. That God's got a plan for your life. God wants to take it all that was right here and God wants to say, let's start over. That you will find freedom. You begin to develop some healthy friendships. You begin to find your wife again, your husband again. You begin to find the one that you can fall in love with and then have something godly. Have something that's a gift, not a free thing, but a special thing. So will you stand with me, please? I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to close out. With every head out of eye closed, I'm going to read just one more scripture. But for many of us today, We need to realize that that scripture we read at the weddings, it's all about God's love for you. So whatever head out of eye closed, just out of respect, I want to read the scripture, and this is what God is saying about you. That God's love is patient. Love is kind. Does not envy, does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. God is not easily angered. God keeps no record of wrong. God does not delight in evil, but he rejoices in the truth. That God will always protect. God's always trustworthy. God will always give you hope. God always perseveres because God never fails. Faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. Whatever head bowed if I close, I'm not going to embarrass you, single you out. I'm not going to call you up to the front. 
but maybe you're here today and you're saying, I need God to remix me. I need God to heal me. Pastor, I was that sand in that jar. I have many different colors. But today, God's going to take it all away. You can find freedom from your past. Watch God begin to do a miracle in your life. Maybe you're here today as a pastor. I feel like I'm, I don't have any hope in my life. I feel like I'm lost. I don't, I don't know what to do. Pastor Jeremy, I'm ready to take a step today. I'm ready to take just a small step towards Jesus. I'm ready to go on a faith journey, a freedom, a faith journey of healing. I would be so honored to walk that journey with you. But every head, body, eye closed. Like I said, I'm not going to embarrass you. Call to the front, to the side. I'm not going to call you by name. But we want to pray with you. Now, how many know we don't pray alone here at Avenue Church? So with every head, body, eye closed, if that is you today, say, Pastor, will you lead me in a prayer so I can become new, so that the old is gone and the new has come in my life right now, today. God's going to give me a new heart, a new remixed life. If that is you, raise your hand, put it right back down. Yes, 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 yes. Anyone else? Yes, over there. Raise your hand, put it right back down. Anyone else? Anyone else? That was a lot of hands. Come on, somebody, we can clap. It's amazing. So here's what we do, guys. We're in this together because we're better together. And for many of us, we're going to get into a group this week because that's exactly what we need. For many of us, we're going to begin to pause our relationships and say, honey, babe, we're going to start right here. We're going to start all over again. It's going to be an amazing journey. Will everyone pray this prayer out loud? I want to pray this out loud. Say, Jesus, I need you. Every single voice, say, thank you for dying on the cross. Say, thank you for paying for what I did. So today, I receive your forgiveness. Say, be Lord of my life. Be number one. Say, with all my heart, the best way I know how, I'm going to live for you. So today, remix my life. I give you everything. Say, I now know who I am. I'm saved. I'm redeemed. I'm a child of God. Everybody shout.